0: Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Easy Peasy Show brought to you by Sonic. You can listen to every episode of the Easy Peasy Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or anywhere else you usually listen to your podcast on. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Now, let's get into the episode. Hey, how is everybody doing? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Easy Peasy Show. I'm Peyton. I'm not joined by anyone again tonight, Um, or today, I should say. Zach's still on vacation, so... Um. I'll be manning it on my own tonight. Uh, tonight, we'll, we'll go over a few predictions that I have for the, the UFC event um, this weekend in Vegas. Some college football action, uh, pretty per usual, pretty stacked week. And then some NFL picks as well. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I just want to thank everybody for watching it one more time. And uh, I'll, I'll try to get right into it. So, <clears throat> excuse me so starting off with the ufc um yeah obviously we have ufc vegas bobby green and uh oh, who's heading it man i can't i don't know um dawson dawson duh. dawson and green headline in this one and um yeah i'm excited for that fight so starting off we have montana de la rosa versus jj aldrich and before I even go any further, let me apologize because typically Zach um typically Zach pronounces the names because I'm not I'm not very great with the names. So um just come in some slack on this one and uh because I'm I know I'm gonna butcher some of these names. But we'll go uh we'll start off with the Montana de La Rosa versus JJ Aldrich. Montana de La Rosa twelve, eight, and one overall. Um she won first her first four four out of her first five UFC bouts. Um she obviously lost to Andrea Lee and ever since that run she's won three and one in her last five. So um yeah she's kind of falling off a cliff here. She's she's like I said one three and one in her last five. It's not 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 the same. Um yeah yeah meanwhile jj aldrich is i would say a pretty solid fighter she's 12 and 6 overall she um put together a 7-3 ufc start and then she i mean she ran into aaron blanchfield so uh, and Aaron arian lipsky i'm sorry so i mean it is where it is she ran into two great fighters um but then she she fought na liang and um i mean she she pounded her got her first finish and like a year, so she looked good. Um, now she is um, stepping in on this fight on short notice, so um, yeah, so I'm gonna go to via unanimous decision. I just think she's a lot better than uh, De La Rosa. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just not sold on De La Rosa. So we'll move on to Nate Maness versus Mateus Mendonza Mendonca. Again, I'm sorry. Um, so Ma- Nate Maness, who's 14 and three overall, he was a former bantamweight champion in TKO. He uh, he started out three zero in the UFC, and then I mean he ran into two great fighters in Umar Nurma- 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 Nurmagomedov and Tagir Ulambekov. And uh, yeah, so man, it's just kind of ran into a wall there. Um, he's fighting Mateus Mendonca tonight, uh Saturday night, who's ten and one overall. Um, he started off ten and zero, but it, obviously his last fight was, uh, was a was a loss to, yeah, oh gosh, Javid Basharat, who who beat him by decision. So um, he's he's his finish rate. Is He has six finishes in, in 11 fights, and uh, he has three knockouts and three submissions. So, I think he's a little bit more well-rounded than, um, <clears throat> than Manis, so give me him by decision. And then, last—well, I say last, not last. Moving on to the Vanessa Demopoulos and Kanako Murata fight. Um, Vanessa Demopoulos has four total finishes— three submissions, one KO. Um, she lost. She had a three fight win streak going. And she lost her, her, uh, her most recent fight. Um, she kind of enjoys fighting off of her back, but man, I'm just never a fan of somebody who likes fighting off their back. I don't know about y'all, but somebody who's fighting off their back, that's just such a, it's, it, it's not a dominant position. So, um, yeah. And especially against somebody like Kanako Murata, who, who, excels in wrestling, and, um, she, she seems to be a little bit more well-rounded than Demopolis, so, uh, it is her first fight in two and a half years, though, but, yeah, I see, I see, uh, Kanako Murata getting it done via decision there, um, against Demopolis, Demopolis, so, okay, yeah, this next one's gonna whip me, um, moving on, uh, Aru uh, Arick Killing versus Johnny Munoz. Arick Killing is twenty four and ten. Um, yeah, he's two and two in the UFC, but twenty four and ten overall. Um, he he lost to Aman Zahabi by KO, and that was the first time in his life that he had been he had been KO'd meanwhile Johnny Muñoz is a lot less experienced at 12 and 3 overall. Um started out 10 an O on the on the circuit, not not in UFC fights. And um but he's now 2 and 3 in the UFC. So man, yeah, he's he's kind of going on a skid. Um but he he does have nine finishes in, in those in those 15 fights and that includes seven via submission. Um he did he fell apart against Daniel Santos, and, and, and man, you kind of expected with uh, to him to fall fall apart again with as much uh as much pressure as this guy puts on him. But I think, man, not, mm, I yeah, I, I I don't know. This fight I think is going to be close, but um, I think Munoz is going to get it done via be a decision. I think his, uh, he's going to utilize his jab and his wrestling a lot and kind of, you know, get him get him through this fight. So, you know, we're moving on to another fight, which is also going to give me a lot of trouble uh, with the name. Carolina Kowalkiewicz versus Diana Belbita. So, um, yeah. I'm going to just call her Carolina. Carolina is now 15-7 and 7 overall. She's... Lost five in a row. She's two and seven since starting off fifth, uh, 13 and 0 overall. And, uh, oh, no, 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 she hasn't lost five in a row. I'm sorry. I have that she was, she had five in a row losses, but now, uh, she now has three straight wins. So, yeah, maybe, you know, she actually fought, uh, Vanessa Demopoulos earlier this year and, uh, beat her. So, um, yeah, she fights Diana Belbido, who's 15-7 and seven overall. She's kind of struggled in the UFC, um, 1-3 overall in the UFC. She's, yeah, she, so, struggling in the UFC. I think, you know, you see a lot of these fighters come to the UFC and, and, uh, really struggle. It is just a significant jump in, in competition. Um, and, yeah, as the record would suggest, she's just, She's just kind of on a skid had more downs and ups than in the octagon. Um but I she's got it in the tank. But I I just don't see her pulling it out of it. So I I do think uh Carolina wins this fight by, by decision. Um moving oops, sorry, moving on to the next fight. Um I have Alexander Hernandez versus Bill Algio. Um so the best win for Hernandez was Benio Darius which I mean that 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 win has blossomed into a fantastic win. Meanwhile for Algeo, his best win was against Spike Carlisle so you know obviously two massive di- massively different uh wins there for both men. They've they both won their last bout. Um yeah um I'm, it's just kind of strange that uh hernandez is, is coming back down to one forty five um i mean not down I know. to return to one forty five yeah he he i mean he was getting starched and at one forty five so um yeah uh and yeah uh, Man, he he just struggles to make weight. I I, I just don't see him eh, I don't know. I don't see him him doing too well uh just because of the weight cut. So I, I do have uh Bill Osio winning that one by by probably a knockout, some kind of finish. Uh, moving on to the light heavyweight fight, Ion Cutaba Kutalaba versus Philip Lenz. Um Lenz is now one three in a row. Um while well, Kittleba, he did win his last one but it was he was returning to the win column so um and Kittleba you just don't know what uh man, you don't know what you're going to get from him. He he could be great one night, he could be terrible the other night. So um like it, it always seems like he he's on the verge of being great but he has, he, he just never gets there. He uh oh man, he's all it's always a dramatic fight too, so I am excited to see this fight, so I'm I, and I'm going to pick him and be a decision. Um, and moving on to the Drew Dober versus Rick Glenn fight, man, I'm excited to see this Drew Drew Dober fight. Um, obviously he fought Bobby Green, who's also on this in this card, and, and hell yeah, he he looked good. I mean, he beat him obviously, but he looked really good. Bobby Green's kind of a I mean, he's a solid fighter. He's not the greatest in the division, but he's he's no slouch by any means. Um He got knocked out his last time, but I, I believe so did Rick Glenn. So, um, yeah. Now this dude, this this is gonna be a banger. Um, man, I, I I I am interested to see how Dober's chin holds up after you know he, he was finally cracked last night. I mean, last time out. So, um, but man, he who he's he's fun to watch. Man, and then uh, Glenn is is also. I mean, he's a he's a kickboxer. He has some serious stopping power. So I think no matter how this fight ends, it's definitely going to end in a finish and not a submission. Definitely a uh, a, a knockout of some sort. And uh, man, I I could see this fight going either way, honestly. But uh, man, I, I, I'm gonna go Glenn via knockout here. No, man, I oh, dude, I don't know. Mm, let me go Dover. I'm gonna go Dover. Dover via knockout. So um moving on, we got Joe Quinn Joaquin Buckley versus Alex Morono. And yeah, dude, ooh, man, this is gonna be I think this one's uh I think this one's gonna be a good fight too. Um Yeah. So Buckley, he, he's got the potential, he's got some hype around him. He's not a contender yet, but Ooh, I think he's close. I think he's close to breaking into the rankings and he's I mean, ooh, man, he's about as fun to watch as as, as it comes. He's super athletic and, and he, he ooh, he's powerful, he's fast. Ooh, ah, dude. I, I, I mean, I'm drooling over him. He's he he's a young exciting prospect for uh, people to watch. So, uh, I kind of expect him to be a contender at the welterweight division pretty here pretty soon. Meanwhile, Morono he he's kind of he's kind of settled into the veteran role. Um, hey, but that, don't let that fool you. I mean, the dude still has super. Superb, uh, punching power. He's a jujitsu black belt. He, I mean, he's crafty. He's been there. He's done that. He, he, um, I mean, I love experience. Y'all know that. I, I've made a lot of, multiple picks based off of experience. And, um, oh man, I, this is another one that I, I kind of go back and forth on. I don't know who's gonna win, but I think it's, oh, man, I think it's gonna be, hmm, I think Buckley's gonna kind of. Dominate the fight, and then I, 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 I just think Morona's gonna sneak one in on him, and and uh, just come back and win the fight. That's yeah, that's that's how I feel. And then the Dawson versus Green fight, yeah, uh, ooh, that's another one. Um, really excited to watch it. Hmm. I'm gonna go Grant Dawson though. I think Bobby Green's good. I just don't think he stacks up well against Dawson. I mean, Dawson's twenty and one overall. I mean, he he also has a draw. Bobby Green's thirty and fourteen. I know I typically do go on the side of experience, but um, yeah, I think I think Bobby's a little bit out of his uh out of his league here. Yeah, give me uh, give me Dawson by finish of some sort. Uh, probably probably a knockout. I would say, uh. no. Give me a submission. Give me a submission. I'm a, I'm gonna go Dawson by submission. Yeah, Dawson by submission. So, um, should be an exciting card overall. A lot of pretty pretty solid fights on it. Um, good to have UFC back this weekend after a weekend off last weekend. Um, I mean they are they. Uh, ooh, I'm really excited here in the next few months they have been stacking the cars to end the year so that's something to really really be excited about um but yeah so we'll move on uh i know i I know it's these these two last two shows have been pretty short um without zach we just i mean i i I don't really know how to come come on here and drag these shows out but uh i'm gonna do my best to give you all some some entertainment uh like i said i don't know how to drag it out too far but I'll give you all my predictions for college football next. Um, so, I'll go, like, time what – I, what I started doing is kind of going two, two games per – not time slot, but eight, like that uh, – I guess time slot, yeah. So, the two morning games that I'm most excited about are Oklahoma at Texas and LSU at Missouri. Um, and both games have similar spreads, similar over-unders. Um. I think there's going to be a lot, a lot of points scored in both of these games. We'll, we'll start with the Oklahoma-Texas game. I say it's at Texas. It's not really at Texas. It's Dallas. You know, the Red R- Red River Shootout, Showdown, whatever you want to call it. Um, I mean, it is a perennial game that everybody watches. It's a shame that it's it's, it's early in the morning. It should be prime time. But, hey, who am I? Um Oklahoma undefeated, Texas undefeated. I think Texas has gotten a little bit more hype from that Alabama game than uh, they probably should have. Alabama's kind of underachieving so far this year, but I think they're starting. They're starting to get it, get it in gear. Um, of course, like right before LSU plays them. Well, because why not? But you know, whatever. Um, moving on, regardless. Yeah, so I think this game is gonna. Really, really, uh, it might come down to whoever has the ball last. Um, but then again, I don't know. I think, I think Texas has been in their rebuild a lot longer than Oklahoma. I think they, uh, I think they have the better line. So yeah, give me Texas. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting Texas to uh, also cover that five point spread. Um, I hate to say that. I really like Oklahoma, but uh, yeah, I, I just. Brent Venables, he hasn't been there long enough to get that the defensive trash out. Really, um, their their defense still gives up a lot of points, and they didn't they didn't exactly make me feel comforting uh, this past weekend against Iowa State. I was kind of disappointed in their showing then, but uh, yeah, give me give me Oklahoma. I mean, uh Texas by at least the spread. Uh, Te- Texas has shown that they've. They get better as the game progresses. In the fourth quarter, they look really good. I mean, every every game it feels like they're they're tied down, close game at halftime to a subpar team, and then all of a sudden it's like you look back in the fourth quarter and it's a twenty point game. You know, what happened? It was just a three point game. So, yeah, I think Texas. Uh, I think Texas covers kind of like backdoor cover. Uh, moving on to the LSU at Missouri game. This one is a true road game. The over under here is sixty five. LSU favored by four. Um, LSU did bring in Pete Jenkins, a uh, defensive line coach of the of the past for LSU. He's he is a little bit older. I think eighty three years old. Maybe maybe the, he can help their defensive line get a little bit of pressure, take some pressure off of that uh, that secondary who's not good, not good at all. So. Um, maybe, maybe, oh, man, I, I, it's just LSU is just such a disappointment this year defensively. Um, they don't even have to be good; they, they just have to be mediocre. Not even mediocre; they just have to be bad. But they're straight up trash, um, defensively. So, I don't know if it's more so the scheme that they're running because I mean I know last year, the the the, the D line wasn't that much different, and they were getting consistent pressure on everybody, um. And all reports coming out of the fall, or, yeah, the fall were that, uh, not fall, but the spring practices and all, that the defensive line was doing a great job getting pressure on the O-line. And now you don't get any pressure. I don't know what's going on. I think you have to put Harold Perkins back on the edge, let him get after the quarterback, put him at that jack spot, and let him rush the quarterback. I don't see how you can continue – putting him in coverage, I believe PFF has him rated as the lowest-rated pass cover, coverage guy in the SEC. That can't continue to happen if you want to be successful. I don't care how how good Jaden Daniels is the, in the offense has been. If you cannot get a stop against a bad Arkansas defense, I don't know what you expect a, a good Missouri offense to do. Dude, they are electric on the offensive side of the ball. Missouri is Luther Burden. I mean, what more can you say? You can say LSU might have the the most uh, prolific receiver in college football right now with Malik Neighbors, but Luther Burden, if he's not above him or tied with him, he's right on his heels. He is electric, man. You have to have somebody paying attention to him at all times. I think if LSU wants to win this game, you have to take Luther Burden out of the game. And that's not to say their other pass catchers aren't good, because they are. I mean, they're like I said, they're an electric offense. Brady Cook's got them going. Eli Drinkwitz finally has a you know it, it looks like he has a good team on his hands. Uh, I will say their strength of schedule isn't the greatest, but uh, yeah, I, mm, I just don't see. I, I think it's kind of a revenge game for LSU. I do see LSU winning and covering, um, but it it very well could be Missouri. It might be one another one of those games for LSU of who gets the ball back. I mean, who gets the ball last? Um, I just. It's just, it's really hard to say, um, but I'll pick LSU. I think they should win. They're more talented, but uh, yeah, they've shown this year that that doesn't always matter. So um, yeah, give me, give me LSU, but uh, I'm not, I'm definitely not ruling Missouri out of this one. Moving on to the two, two o'clock, two thirty time, time frame, three o'clock somewhere, you know, wherever those games in uh, start. First game that caught my eye was the Washington State at UCLA game. Um, Washington State obviously looks really, really good um, throughout the year, but they are uh, they are the underdogs in this one. UCLA is favored by three points. I'm not really sure where that comes from. Um, Waz wazoo. Their quarterback has been phenomenal. Uh, his name is escaping my mind right now. Cameron Ward, I believe it is. Um, and he's been phenomenal this year, and yeah, I mean, look, Washington State on the uh, on the offensive and defensive lines are probably as good as anybody in the country right now. They look really good everywhere. Um, I'm su- I was surprised to see that they were underdogs in this game, but it is at uh, UCLA, so I guess I understand it. So, but I, that that that's not to say anything. I think Dante Moore is great, uh, or he will be great. I think. I mean, he's still a freshman. I think he's gonna struggle this game. So, give me Washington State in this one. Uh, probably, by, I, I'm gonna say by multiple scores, but uh, who knows? I'm, but I, I will say multiple scores. So, and then the other game, that little time zone, that time frame that I like is the two thirty game, Alabama at a And M. Um, the spread has really, really grown in a And M's favor. Bama's now only favored by one point. Uh, they were favored by like six and a half, I believe, when the game opened up, and really like just yesterday. But there are some reports that Jalen Milrow could, you know, he, he might not be ready to go this weekend. So if that's the case, yeah, uh, I, I give me A M. and Straight up, if that's the case. Well, I mean, nothing's official yet, but uh, I'll say this. If Jalen Milrow plays, give me Bama by five by one score. If Milro does not play, give me AM by probably multiple scores or a backdoor one score type of thing. Like uh like they're up two scores and Bama scores with little to no time left on the clock. Um I think Jalen Milro is absolutely what you have to have if you're Alabama. If he's not there against that 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 Texas A and M defensive line, they're going to be in a bind. So yeah, he's the X factor in this one. If he's not good to go, give me AM. And If he's good to go, give me give me Alabama. He seems to be kind of hitting a stride too. So, moving on to the six o'clock game, Kentucky at Georgia. Kentucky looked really good last weekend. However, they their strength kind of fits right into Georgia's strength, and I think Georgia's better at what they do than what Kentucky does. So, um, yeah, they run the ball a lot. Devin Leary does not throw the ball hardly. I think to beat a team like Georgia, you have to test their secondary. You have to make them make plays. You can't run the ball down their throat. I think we've seen this year in, year out with Georgia. Um, yeah, there's a reason Georgia's favored by uh, 14 and a half even though they're both ranked. Georgia coming off of a pretty disappointing win against Auburn but and Kentucky coming off of a pretty impressive win against Florida. Um, but yeah, I think I think Georgia kind of bounces back in a in a sense here. I think they uh I think they win win big win big Saturday. Moving on to the Notre Dame at Louisville game. Notre Dame's favored by six and a half, and I do think they cover. Um, not completely sold on Louisville. I know they just busted into the rankings, but I think that twenty to twenty five range is typically for people at this stage in the season it's almost like people cycling in and out I mean they're they're bound to lose a game and fall out the rankings just for somebody similar to them to join the rankings and then lose the next week so um yeah uh, give me a Notre Dame by multiple scores here I don't think it's gonna be close um I guess being at Louisville helps a bit but I think I think Notre Dame's just too good on uh, both sides of the ball uh to lose this game so um yeah As always, you know, if anybody uh, disagrees, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it. Um, Disagree with us. I think we'll be hopping on some spaces here soon, maybe this weekend. Um, So, yeah. Moving on, though, to the NFL. I only have a handful of games in the NFL um, that I'm I'm real, real interested in. Obviously, the London game, Jacksonville at Bills, that's kind of a big game. Jacksonville looked looked really good last weekend Um, got an early start in that one too Which is crazy now I'm thinking about it like (laughs) I don't know why they they play two. do they did They play two out of country games in a row. I believe so, which is insane um I, I i've never seen that but you know, uh Hey, I don't know. Um, yeah, they did play two in a row. So, give me give me the Bills here, though. I think two early starts for the Jaguars is going to hurt them. But maybe I don't know if they ended up staying there or not. But if they stayed there, maybe maybe give me Jacksonville in that one, uh, just because they're they're more used to the time zone at all. So. Next up, we have uh, Dallas at San Francisco. Um, this game being at San Francisco plays massive role in my my pick here. It is going to be San Francisco. I think they they cover the spread. So, um, I think San Francisco is just too good everywhere. I mean, defensively they're insane. Offensively they they're a well oiled machine. Christian McCaffrey is just, was just it's just an insane pickup for them. Uh, Brock Purdy's playing really well. Brandon Ayuk is a good receiver. George Kittle still there. Um, yeah, I mean, just embarrassment of riches here. Uh, I think Dak doesn't have a very good game. Give me a same, Fran. Moving on to my sicko bowl of the week, New Orleans at New England. It's so bad for New Orleans that it's a pick em with New England. Um, I mean, both of these teams are just booty cheeks. I don't know what to say. Um... For an over-under to be less than 40 points in today's day and age is, is just crazy. um, And they probably won't even come close to hitting that. So, yeah. Oh, man, if I had to make it here, I'd say New England. Just because it's at New England, I think it's supposed to be cooler. And I have absolutely no faith in Derek Carr, Pete Carmichael, or Dennis Allen. So, give me the better coach in Bill Belichick and uh, the Patriots in that one. Probably by... I'm gonna say by ten or more. Um, I have literally no faith in, in in the Saints offensively, even though they have some great weapons in Kamara, Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid. I mean, they they can't use them because they have such a, I mean, they have such a poor offensive play calling, and and a poor quarterback. So, yeah, give me give me uh, New England there. And then last but la- not least, we have the Baltimore Pittsburgh game. I mean, that's always a banger. Um, Pittsburgh though, I think Kenny Pickett's good to go now, but for a while though, he hasn't, he, he wasn't super, super good to go this weekend. It wasn't for sure. I think he was even listed as doubtful at one point, but I think he is good to go. Um, however, I don't think that makes a difference. I think Baltimore wins this game, wins it, wins it pretty comfortably. Um, although it is a division rival, Pittsburgh just isn't, isn't great to me. They don't. They don't stand out to me. Uh, Baltimore thinks they're gonna win the division. I think they're about to run away with it. With the Bengals kind of sucking this year, so yeah, give me uh, give me Baltimore there. And uh, yeah, so I think that's all for my predictions. Um, I don't think I'm missing anything. I don't think there was any anything crazy news wise this week. Um, everything was pretty normal actually for once. So yeah thank y'all for listening uh like i said i think we're gonna hop on spaces sometime this weekend maybe uh if not probably next weekend um but as always thank y'all for listening we really appreciate it and uh yeah please reach out to us on on x twitter instagram whatever uh whatever or any kind of way y'all can contact us we'd love to hear your uh your opinions on the show so thank y'all again y'all have a great day